Hello and welcome to the 2010 Porsche Carrera Cup. I'm Sam Lloyd and coming up in the programme. The drivers give us their thoughts on the 2010 season. Wins really, I want some race wins and I want to be uh, mixing it with the uh, with the guys at the, who've been there consistently at the front, you know, like I've got my first podium at Brands and um, I just want to continue that and build on it really and, and, and aim for some race wins and be at the sharp end of the championship. We find out what it's like to drive around the fastest track in the UK. Bruxton's a very, very quick circuit. It's the quickest circuit on our calendar. So, um, you know, you've got to get your... Uh, it's, it's a scary lap. It's also one of the bumpiest circuits. So uh, that's also something the drivers have to contend with. And it was double success for Tim Harvey at Thruxton. It's always nice to start off at the front, but uh, as much as I would love to stay there, I think that, uh, that some of these young guys are going to win races and are going to have to work very hard. But first, the Porsche Carrera Cup is the one-make series that everyone wants to race in. And for 2010, a 28-car entry has been confirmed for the first time in the history of the championship. As it enters its eighth season, the series comprises a 20-race programme alongside the MSA British Touring Car Championship and drivers will race at some of the top circuits in the UK. Using the Carrera Cup format that is established in many countries around the world, the drivers race identical versions of the 420 brake horsepower Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car. And with minimal modifications permitted to the cars, it's only the driver's skill, talent and experience that make the decisive difference in the fight for victory, points and prize money. Here's motorsport manager Marion Barnaby. We've got some youngsters who have only just turned 18 and then we've got some guys who are up in their 50s. So yes, a really mixed wealth of experience here. Was that always the aim then, the fact that you look at some other one-make series and they're just focusing on, say, the young rising stars, but you really have got a cross-section of people? Yeah, what we look at as well is we have got the youngsters coming in, but also we've got people that want to aspire to Super Cup, but then also some guys want to go off and do GT, so it's, it can be any age that they come and race with us. Porsche has got such a wonderful pedigree in motorsport, in the brand, but how important is this series to this manufacturer? It's huge for us. This is our uh, only marketing that we do for the 911, and because we're so closely linked to the road car, it's a perfect demonstration of all the engineering in it. And so, with just weeks to go before the start of the season, a day's testing took place at Silverstone. As Marion explained, the series attracts a real cross-section of drivers, from the young rising stars to the more experienced individuals and the gentlemen racers, hence there are three classes. At just 18 years of age, George Richardson is the youngest driver to compete in the series, and at testing he gave me an insight into what it's like to drive the 911. Well, one word, it's awesome. <laughs> and uh, it's like nothing I've driven before. Um, it's a bit of a handful. Um, there's a lot of weight in the back, obviously. Um, I've never driven with slick tyres before. Uh, Left-hand drive, it's all kind of new. Um, I've never really reached the point of uh, sort of my 100% in the car as of yet. Um, but uh, getting closer and closer to that uh, every time I get out. So, uh, And it just keeps getting better and better. 
Tim Harvey needs no introduction as he has a racing career that spans over 25 years. He was crowned Porsche Carrera Cup champion in 2008 and this is the series that he loves being part of. Tim, you've been involved in this series for many, many years. What makes the Porsche Carrera Cup such a successful one-mate championship? Uh, several things, really. Firstly, the cars are absolutely fantastic. You know, a racing driver looks for two main things in his racing. One is uh, the degree of competition, and that's certainly here because all the cars are essentially the same. But also the thrill of driving a fast racing car. That's why we all started. And, uh, you know, the Porsche is fantastic. There's no ABS, there's no traction control. It's fast, it's powerful, it's noisy. It's everything a driver wants. So you won't see a driver get out of a, a, a Carrera Cup car without a smile on his face and that's the pleasure. Each year a scholarship is awarded to two young drivers. The applicants were whittled down to six finalists who were then put through a demanding evaluation program over two days at the Porsche Experience Centre at Silverstone. This year the winners are Ewan Hankey and Michael Meadows and they will both receive £50,000 to use towards their budget for the season. The scholarship was extremely tough. It was actually the hardest two days I've ever had to go through. Um, the process started off where we submitted our CV and things and then we got a telephone call and I was one of the six that got um, whittled down from a number of 35 applicants. And then um, we started off with a fitness test, uh, interviews, um, got questioned, media activities and then obviously on-track assessment as well. And basically they just tested our tolerance to the absolute highest level in all aspects of being a motor racing driver uh, from on and off the track uh, activities so when I found out I was absolutely delighted. Yeah it's huge you know probably without it I wouldn't be racing this year so that's how big it is and um, yeah we're just we're sitting there all six drives in a line and uh, the two me and you flashed up on the screen and I couldn't believe it you know I was, I was in a bit of shock to be honest and uh, I've seen the video replayed and my reaction was quite you know <laughs> I was quite slow to react to it but um, yeah it's, you know it's, it's on the in terms of getting the scholarship from Porsche, the backing that they give you not only financially but media, training, everything, and the possibility to you know, go forward with them as well is uh, is huge. Meanwhile, for Steve Parrish, he's living his dream by racing. I've always loved it since I was a kid. Fast cars, I'm just a boy, really. You know, <laughs> your basic kind of out of the tin boy. So, um, always loved it. Never had time to do it. Just one of those things. I thought before I get too old give it a go you know and uh, thoroughly enjoy it. the atmosphere is great it's, it's a fantastic series to do just a brilliant series to do the quality of everything around you the mechanics the the, the organization catering things for the guests it's fantastic so uh, it's, i think it's the best thing that you can do and to be an amateur at something and to mix it with professionals and you know thoroughly enjoy it and and have different classes so you've got your own little race going on i think it's fantastic brilliant and it's not just British drivers who are contesting the series this year. Ahmed El Hathi is the only driver from Oman to race in the UK in 2010. From a country that doesn't have a racetrack, uh, we're trying to develop uh, my driving style and um, progress in motorsports basically because it's really coming in the region and I feel this is the best place for me to develop as a driver. Where did the love of racing and motorsport come from in the first place then? Yeah, I mean, um, we had a go-kart track uh, and it was my brother who actually took me to the racetrack and it was just in my blood and um, I enjoyed it and I kept watching it on TV whenever I could. Um, 
and I learned from there and, and um, it was always in me and when I used to study here as well I used to participate in many go-kart racing so um, it, it's just in the blood um, that's how it is for me so on Easter weekend, the eagerly awaited start to the season kicked off at the fastest track in the UK, Thruxton in Hampshire. But what's it like to drive a Porsche around this circuit? Well, Stephen Jelly is contesting the series this year, but as a former BTCC driver, he knows this track well, and here he is to talk us through a lap. Thruxton is a very, very quick circuit. It's the quickest circuit on our calendar so um, you know you've got to get your uh, it's, it's a scary lap it's also one of the bumpiest circuits so uh, that's also something the drivers have to contend with um, we come across the start finish line there into turn one which is the first of a, a taster of quick corners in some of the single seater cars it's flat out but in a Porsche it's just just off flat out and there's a, a nasty bump on the apex of the corner which gets the car going sideways so you see a lot of drivers trying to commit to there and trying to find that last little bit and maybe getting near the grass on the exit there um, then we go around a slight curve which is fine in the dry but a, you know a bit bit scary in the wet uh, into the first complex there which is quite slow but the slow parts of the lap are very important to uh, getting a quick lap time because you spend the most time there um, out of there there's a lot a lot of bumps on the way out and you'll see the drivers sort of working the wheel a bit um, into the sort of flat out curves of the back section which the first one's noble which is a nearly flat out left hander but just not flat out which makes it even more exciting and then you've got a small section before the entry to goodwood which is a very very fast fifth gear right hander and the, the drivers will be doing well in excess of 130 odd mile an hour there so it's really one that sort of gets the heart pounding um, and again there's a big bump on the apex which gets the car moving sideways um, and you have to have that lift in the right place so you can get on the throttle and drive through the corner and not lose too much time uh, then you've got a gradual curve round to the right before the entry to the uh, really quick church bend which in some cars is flat out and some cars it's not and it depends on your tyres and everything so you've got to really judge the conditions that you've got before committing to the corner and again you've got a big bump on the apex which kicks the car wide and it'll push you almost the entire car width out towards the exit curve without even really doing anything just with the bump. Um, so you've got to really, really, you know, you're on the limit there. Um, run a lot of kerb on the exit and that'll make your eyes rattle around in your head um, before climbing back up the hill towards the final chicane and then it's last of the late breakers, who dares wins into the final chicane. And then you can sometimes use the kerb there, sometimes not, and then power out of there to the start-finish line, bit of, bit of opposite lock again on the way out. So yeah, it's a, um, a high thrill lap of Thruxton. Uh, you've got to be scared to be fast. <laughs> An insight there from Stephen about what it's like to drive around Thruxton. But right from the start, the drivers had to have their wits about them, as it was a rain-hit day in testing on the Friday. But it was Tim Harvey who topped the timesheets, while Ahmed El Hathi topped Pro-Am 1, and Thruxton newcomer George Brewster topped Pro-Am 2. The weather was mixed once again on Saturday afternoon with drivers having just 30 minutes on the track to set the fastest lap time to establish who would be on pole for Sunday's races. Rain came just before the start of qualifying so everyone went out on wet tyres and many of the best times were set in the early laps. And it was Tim Harvey who got off to the most perfect of starts to the season claiming a double pole. 
Well, Tim, well done. You must be absolutely delighted with that performance, especially with the kind of weather conditions you were experiencing out there. Yeah, I mean, I like the changeability and the sort of having to make the right call on tyres and things. But um, uh, and I like driving in the wet as well. But the grid is ever so close, and we only just got it right because halfway through, I took the front splitter off the car and had to come in and get a new one put on, and nearly missed the sort of best of the track conditions. But just got it done. In Pro-Am 1, Ollie Jackson also bagged a double pole, while in Pro-Am 2, Paul Mace twice topped the grid sheets. Last year's champion, Tim Bridgman, was at Thruxton, but he wasn't in his overalls, so I asked him what he's up to in 2010. Well, I'm, I'm not competing on these shores, but I am in the, um, I'm in the Porsche Mobile 1 Super Cup, um, which is predominantly in Europe, so um, I'm here this weekend helping out the coming out the team Parker drivers and uh, trying to pass on a little bit of my knowledge if it's any good to them and um, see what I can help with so um, obviously I'm with team Parker racing in the super cup so uh, it makes sense to help out you know help out the team in uh, in GB as well let's talk about the Porsche Carrera Cup in this country because obviously you won it last year what makes this series so successful and so many drivers want to get involved with it well, I think, you know, number one, it's obviously Porsche and, um, you know, it's, it's a great brand to be racing and be involved with, obviously. And I think that's probably the, the most important thing when people look, look around is, uh, is, you know, what car you're racing. And, and obviously the, the 911 is a great car. It's a, it's a famous, famous car, isn't it? So, you know, that's, that's very important. And then everything else comes along with, you know, the TV coverage and the crowd figures, obviously supporting the British touring cars. Um, even though we're actually quite a bit quicker than the BTCC cars, um, you know, supporting them, everything that goes with it, it's a fantastic weekend and event. So um, it's, it's obviously, you know, it's very healthy, but it should be because it's it's got all the right ingredients to to be successful. So you know, and it is. So it's fantastic. So on to the racing, an Easter Sunday, and the weather was a marked improvement as it was dry and sunny, and the huge crowd were entertained by some spectacular racing throughout the day. At the top of the field, Tim Harvey continued his superb form by claiming a win and keeping rivals Michael Caine and Ewan Hankey at bay, with Tony Gillam taking the spoils in Pro-Am 1 and Mark Hazel winning in Pro-Am 2. Mark, congratulations. That was a really, really good fight. Was it good fun? Yeah, it was good fun. It was. Uh, I just couldn't wait for the checker flag to come out. At my age, you wanted to finish really quickly. <laughs> what about that tussle, though, with you and Steve Parrish? Yeah, it was good. I was much quicker than Steve at the back. And being a bit race rusty, I should have um, been slower into the complex and then maybe quicker at the back. After about 10 laps, I realised that. Tony, congratulations. What a great start to the championship. You must be delighted. We was, Yeah, we're very pleased with that one. Uh, Friday went well for us. And in qualifying, we were massively disappointed. We tried a few things and it went the wrong way, but that's what lack of testing does for you. So we had to make it up in the race, but just pushed off from the start and managed to win our class overall. So on to race two and another thrilling 21 laps in prospect. And what an action-packed race it proved to be, with Tim Harvey taking the chequered flag, despite coming under huge pressure from championship newcomer Ewan Hankey. Ollie Jackson claimed Pro-Am 1 spoils, while Mark Hazel wrapped up a great weekend by winning Pro-Am 2 for the second time. And just to show how close the racing was with average speeds of almost 110 miles per hour, each of the three categories was decided by less than three quarters of a second. So a thrilling weekend at Thruxton and a real taste of what's to come for the rest of the season. But until the next time from me, Sam Lloyd, 
It's goodbye.